Hey folks, what are the Redneck Country Podcast? You are on with Real Redneck Todd Millard, and of course we got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? Good evening, everybody. It's a beautiful day for a podcast. It is a beautiful night for a podcast. I just ran outside. It was yeah. snowing again. Was it? It was. Is it snowing up there? Well, it's supposed to get uh, 12 centimeters overnight, and it, it, my son is super excited and wanting to, to snow like two feet because I taught him how to use the snowblower on the weekend. <laughs> so right now this is a novelty for him. <laughs> the first, the first swath. And then it'll be like, Oh, okay. You can take yeah. it back, dad. Huh? Yeah. I told him, I said, this is all good right until it gets to be about minus 20 with the, uh, you know, the wind chill. And I get you to go <laughs> blow the driveway out. And, now you've got a pretty you know big what? driveway. I do. Yeah. It's, and uh, I can fit a bit, a few cars in there. Is it a push snowblower or is it a driving snowblower? It's a driving, well, driving snowboard. It's a push snowboard. It's a self-propelled two-stage. But you got to walk uh, behind. You walk behind, yep. Oh, Bill, what are you doing to your kids? It's like punishing them life lessons is what I'm doing. I'm teaching them life lessons. I didn't give them a shovel and say, go do it. I said, here's, I did that for a couple years. How are they going to compete? You know what that's going to turn into? I'm going to go on a rant. That's going to turn them into the person at work that does all the work. Because all the other kids coming up their age that are self-entitled are going to be like, I can't do this. My computer screen's too small. I can't do that. That involves me getting up. And your kid's just going to take the brunt of it and have to do all the work. What are you yep. trying to – what are you raising here? Uh, I'm raising like productive the, the, people in society? What is going absolutely. on? <laughs> this is what we need to do with our youth, teach them young and get them to, to work hard. So and, and just uh, before – I got a new teacup tonight. A the new fix. What yeah. is there tea in yeah. it? There actually is, and the fix didn't work because half it ended up on the the kitchen counter <laughs> while I was getting ready. Because I thought my fix worked, and Don, it, it did not. Well, and that leads me to introduce the patriarch of Redneck Country, who's sitting right behind <laughs> me. <laughs> Welcome, my father, real Redneck Don Millard. Dad, if you'd have glued that teacup, it would have been together to this day. Back me up on this. Oh yes, but because you know why, Bill. Dad, dad drinks coffee, so he's a man. <laughs> he knows how to glue a teacup for as his wife. I, <laughs> yeah, as soon as I poured the hot water into it, I heard a crack. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. I let it sit, and then I came back upstairs, and half the tea was on my counter, and I now have a different mode. I have seen how crafty can after your wife is. I am going to message Candace on the side right now and let her know that she needs to fix your teacup. Yep. If anybody can do it, she can do I it. I guarantee it. And they'll be like, man, Candace, your wife is sitting here complaining about his teacup. Did you not <laughs> fix that problem? <laughs> I thought I had all the pieces, too, when I put it back together. But. Well, now that's a man thing. If you got some left over, you get your man card back sooner, sooner than later, Bill. Keep that going. Could be. Yeah, we could get that back. <laughs> oh, I chirp. <laughs> I'm glad there's some hours between I us. know. Uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, right on. So how was your week? What'd you do? What did I do? I, I, you know what? I didn't do a whole lot. We didn't, uh, this weekend was kind of hanging with the family. My daughter, who is 13, asked if she could have a boy come over and watch a movie. Mm. Right? So, so did you get the, the knives out and start sharpening you, them? You the know what? No lie. Them. I was putting a, a, a finishing coat on my gun stock. And every time they have this big school group chat thing that they're on every friggin' night on, on the, on the phone. It's like, whenever we start arguing or whatever in this house, you've got to go, wait, 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 Megan, who are you on the phone with mute? And then we unload. And so I, uh, I, I constantly, every time I walk into a room or walk by her, she's on the couch and she's got, she's either plugged in or she's just sitting there and they're like, just jibber jabbering away. Like you can hear, it's like, you got 14 kids in your house at any given time. Now, even though it's COVID, we got this technology. So it's a double-edged sword. It, it meets the social needs, I guess. But, but anyway, so I constantly, now it's the running joke with all of the, all of her friends. Cause I said, Hey, you got any boys on that thing? Well, there's Andrew and Brad and I can't remember all their names. And I'm like, they know I own guns, right? <laughs> so I'm surprised that I haven't had the police call or something. <laughs> it's tongue in cheek, but they laugh now. So now when I walk in the room, before I even get it out, I can hear them. I'm like, hey, and I could hear all of them in like unison. 
well, you know he owns guns, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, my work here is done. <laughs> That's it. So, you've, you've laid so, that foundation strong. So, yeah. So she asked if she could have a friend come over, have a, a guy. And 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 I, I don't know the status. I, apparently, they're just friends, but came over and they watched a movie. And he seems like a respectable young fellow. So it uh, it was all right. But, yeah, I'm, I, we're, we're going down that road. So, but I kind of questioned him a little bit on his, I, I would think, you know what? It almost made me think of you, Bill, because I was going to offer him a tea. They you were did, watching yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. That's a okay movie for no. a 13-year-old. See, and yeah, I would expect you to say that, but no. So I quickly <laughs> and promptly said, is this freaking movie over yet? And the minute it was, I put down my gun stock and I put on Gone in 60 Seconds. And I said, now you guys sit your butts down. You're about to, I, I, you are going to become a man at this point. And I threw on Gone in 60 Seconds. I'm not sure they liked it. They cared a whole lot, but darn it, they watched it. <laughs> maybe out of fear because I own but guns. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. So yeah, so, and other than that work and that, that was it. That was pretty much the, pretty much my day. Sunday, we went and shot uh, our league, our winter interclub league started. So we went and shot that. And I can't say that it was great. Just as uh, we were getting there, the weather just started to, to go insane. It was like snow and ice pellets. We were doing 60 the whole way there. I think the back end of the truck almost slid out a little bit on a on a hill. And so when we finally got there, it was just coming down. I mean, it was just insane. Wasn't it, Dad? Like, it was... Yeah. Weather was... was for shooting trap, the weather was not great, especially when you're a little longer yardage handicap. It's, it's not a fun time. So we did that. We had fun, though. Got to see everybody. And uh, slow the targets down a little bit for you with the uh, uh, the snow coming down. Well, you know what? Let me tell you. So we had Tim message us and I believe Tim shoots out of this club that we were at. So I, I, I meant to talk to him and I didn't get a chance. But Tim, if you are listening and we said where we hold on the house, you know, when we're on one and five, we hold, you know, a good two feet out to the left. If I'm on one, I hold a good two feet out to the right. And and on the height wise, I'm about an inch and a half over the house. I hold pretty low. That club, the way that that landscape is, is very, very, very deceiving. And I remember they put a berm in because they had to separate the long uh, range from the trap range. So they put this berm in behind all the trap houses and it just... The way that it's almost like you're, the traps are really sunk down in the ground. So they feel lower than I'm used to. It's almost like you're up on a ridge. Um, like it, you're not, but it's like it is. And then the berm behind it throws you off again. And that it's just so difficult now. And I remember shooting there many, many years ago before the berm. Do you remember dad? And I used to love shooting there before the berm. I think you, yeah. you won an ATA shoot when your gun broke and you borrowed that 101 from Charlie. And yeah, I and, won the handing cap that day. Yeah. But that berm with snow on it, it's awful. It, it's, it's horrible. It's absolutely. So then it was just, I can now relate to him saying, you know, I don't know exactly where to, because I struggled. I was, yeah. and the guys I was shooting. You're away thinking, from your home club yeah. and you got a different sight picture. And I am shooting with somebody that shot for 50 plus years beside me. And he doesn't like low, low tar. I don't mind low targets, not low, low tar. I don't mind low. Tar. I, I don't mind. I don't care about targets, period. You know, I'll, I'll adjust. And that's what I mean. When I step out of the line, I'm looking to see, are they high? Are they low? Where am I going to hold? Where, what's my hold today? Right? Because I hold a lower gun than most, but if they're high targets, I could cheat a little bit and I can hold a little bit higher. And so I thought that they were pretty high targets. And when we got done shooting, Jermaine, who's shuffle like, he says, man, didn't you find them low targets, Todd? And I'm like, well, maybe that was my problem because they look higher than I'm used to, but because of the no, the deception no, no. of it's, the eyes, they were actually terrible. lower targets. No, no, it's the fact that you got those stupid platform raised <laughs> I didn't. shoes I, on. I couldn't because they're too expensive to wear in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, a bit of a sneakerhead, and and they're a little bit uh, a little bit on the pricey side. So they were not entering the the weather. I had I wore my hunting boots. So I, I did. Maybe not. that was the problem on the flip side. Well, you didn't it, have. Maybe I think it is. I think it is. When I when I put those Air Max on, man, I tell you what, they just seem like they're the right amount of lift in my heel for for what I need for shooting. And so I I switch to them. That's when I run the hundreds and everything. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. They asked me, did, uh, did you bring orange shoes with you today? <laughs> and everybody knows who they're talking about. Good old orange <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Well, there's many nicknames. I'll take orange shoes. Yeah, that's, that's a, the <laughs> easiest one. Huh? Huh? Okay. So, yeah. So, right so that was our day. Pause right here.
do you have an effect on so that was pretty much that was pretty much my week so what about you what'd you get up to holy smokes did i ever have a a flip of a week uh from what i anticipated on i mean work week let's not talk about that that happens but yeah but i i had uh I had woken up on Saturday morning with the expectation of spending time with uh, my son and my youngest because Candace and uh, my oldest were going down to do uh, Christmas urns with her aunt. They girls day. Every year. Yeah. Girls day. Were old, you old, jealous? Old, older were, girls. Were, no, be, be, honest, really be honest. They were going to drink some tea, do some pottery. <laughs> I had a, I had enough stuff to do around the house. Here that I wasn't jealous of anything, but, you got your own pottery I, project to finish. Honestly, yeah, I had, I had a, a half dozen projects to finish there uh, with the taxidermy stuff that I was working on that, that finally got all finished up. And, you know, I just wanted to get things back to square one with with how go well, get some, you know, winter preparation stuff and that. So I get a phone a text message from my brother at 732. I just took a shot. Dum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> so now the coffee is poured. You're like, and, wait a minute. Uh, the bars are closed. COVID's not open. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you doing? So, yeah, he, he texts me this. And I know my brother's got some some big bruisers that I'm sure oh, whoever's listening to this. Or, yes, uh, he does. Or, uh, or maybe not wanting me to say too Full much. disclosure, I folks. I got a text before this about an hour and a half ago that said, can you keep a secret? Yeah, and I said not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got a picture, and I will say, it is probably the highest scoring buck. And I don't do inches; I do points. I can't count the points on this deer, and it is the tallest with the most points with split brows. And those brows, what are they? Fourteen, fifteen inch long, and then they split into forks at the end. Most unique, largest. Anyway, yes. So anyway, I yeah. Secret. Sorry, Bill. Can't keep a yeah, secret. Well, don't me. You, you hear it from my brother when he. Yeah, well, we didn't say where. I didn't say who gave me the text. Yeah, geez. <laughs> yeah. So he's got some bruises on camera. So I was uh, really anticipating. He he had two bucks that he was targeting um, on the the piece of property that he hunts, and either one of them would have been smoking deer. And, and the one you saw today is a brand new one, so that's a different story. But the one I uh, saw today. I'm about fixing to come up there and steal his tag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if well, we sedate him, steal his ID. That's it. Seven, 7.32, I get a text message. Uh, I just took a shot. And then, then, the, then the, the messages start coming with, you know, the, the picture of the arrow and, and what the blood looks like. And he's giving it time and he backed out. And he did all the right things. Everything he did was absolutely, absolutely right. And at 9.30, I get the phone call. Um, hey, got the deer Wait. you coming down you coming down <laughs> and and i and i i hesitated for a split second only because i had to make sure that it was okay to you know for the protocols and stuff and where we would be and with the the two kids coming down it would be outside you know what i mean it's covid times you got to ask a, a second question if it's okay to have everybody come down and and spend the time and and you know we were able to make it work with with uh his family and mine and and her thing, I took uh, took Violet and Hunter down to visit Uncle Jay and and help him out do uh, uh, skinning. It was great. I mean, we. <laughs> so I got the call around nine thirty that uh, they got the deer. So that was it. Was pretty pretty exciting. And then from that, he says, uh, "Are you coming down?" And I, I hesitated for a, a split second only because, you know, COVID protocol stuff. And, and I had, you uh, had the bowl on the pottery urn thingy majiggy there. You can't just yeah. leave it. You got to finish that, right? You got to knock it off. I can tell you, <laughs> I mean, if, I could, if I could drive two hours to see my brother, I could drive two hours to see you. That's for sure. <laughs> I'll be on my way to your brother's. I've seen that buck. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, yeah, so I, I, we decided we were going to uh, get together as a family, and uh, I got in the car, and I made the trip down there, and and uh, it was a good day. So we, uh, I, I asked, I said, what do you want to do? So he's he's going to get the, the head and shoulder mount done on this deer. Is he really? Yeah, he shot a, a beautiful buck, and, and a, a seven point, uh, the neck on this thing was massive. Like, it was full rutted out. We skin the deer and typically, you know, you, you could fill up a, a box of, of tallow and fat coming off the, the back uh, off the deer after you skin it. 
And I'm not kidding you. There wasn't one ounce of uh, fat that we had to take off this deer after we'd skinned it out. No kidding. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I mean, rut fully on with the neck, the size it was. Uh, I don't, I don't know the story completely as to, um, if it was chasing a door or not, but I don't think so. I think it was just cruising. Yeah. Don't ruin that. We've got like episodes after episodes once we get yeah. him on here. <laughs> yeah. We can bring him on for that story, but the story picks up for me, uh, once I get to his house and, uh, it's already hanging up and, and I, uh, I, I got changed. And so I you took the right out. amount of time <laughs> him to get it dragged yeah. out, got it. And so it, that's right. The deer was, it was dragged out of the bush, gutted. Uh, hung up on the the gimbal in the in the garage, and uh, he lives in an area similar to what you do, mate. Like lots of people driving past. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we <laughs> uh, we took took the reins here, and I, I skinned it out. Did he have anybody? Did you guys have anybody stop and look in? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was plenty of people that like didn't stop dead and look in what we were doing, <laughs> but they slowed down as they were going past. And we had a we bunch hanging waiting. one year, like six or seven hanging. My wife was sweeping out the garage and a couple walked by and said, what are those, are those real deer? And <laughs> my wife said, if she was thinking, she just said, Nope, they're stuffed animals. We're getting them ready for Christmas. But yeah. the, she said, yes, they are. Can we come in? We've never, we've never seen a real deer. And apparently they were from Toronto, so they had to come in, and here they are hanging, gutted, right? Like, not the prettiest thing you want to picture on a white-tailed deer, and so that they could touch these deer hanging in our garage. But anyway, well, I digress. Go on. So so anyway, yeah, so you're, you're in the garage skinning it out. Yeah, so we get it all skinned out, and it's good, and he actually wants to butcher it that day, too. So, well, mean, heck yeah, he's brother. got his brother there. <laughs> well, that's it. That's exactly right. So I, I called him earlier, and I said, what do you got? He, he really had nothing. So he had to go buy a grinder. So he, he went out to him and his buddy TJ went to Canadian Tire and they bought a grinder. And uh, we, we did the butchering on a, a piece of plywood in his garage on four, four uh, garbage cans, which actually was great for social distancing because my brother and I kept eight feet apart, right? That's a full sheet of plywood, plywood right there. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with COVID. You guys just didn't want to get that close. That's it, you know. <laughs> and I uh, and I boned that whole deer out. Um, it took me... I don't know, hour and 40 minutes to, to do all the boning TJ. Uh, he did all the, like taking the silver skin and cutting it into cubes. And my brother fed it through the grinder and my son, he did like, he was great. He was an absolute, he didn't complain hardly once picked all the hair <laughs> off the hindquarters. Yeah. I can, he, he's the youngest, right? So he's get the, the, the jobs go, go get, we need a drink. <laughs> we need uh, we need uh, you to pick the hair off the hind quarter, or you know what I mean. The the bags need to have ties put on them. Put the put the bags in the freezers. Poor kid. And he he hard, but he hardly complained at all. Loved the experience. Said he learned a lot, and and really really enjoyed spending his Saturday hanging out with Uncle Jay and the guys in the garage. Oh that, heck yeah! Uh, right doing on. the doing the processing of deer. So. Totally flipped my Saturday upside down, but I could not be happier for him. He shot a, a beautiful deer with a crossbow. Crossbow. Yeah. Crossbow. Well, we know. We know <laughs> the last name. Yeah. Double lung <laughs> shot. Uh, didn't go far. And I tell you what, uh, I'm happy for him. He got it to the taxidermist today. I didn't really talk to him too much. He was thinking about doing a backpack mount, but I think he's going to go away from that and, and do a, just a regular head and shoulder whatever right on out so good day yeah good day on saturday yeah right long on. day long day but glad to spend That'd it with be you. awesome yeah i remember butchering my first deer you do learn a lot i'll tell you what you learn like we always got our deer butchered from a professional butcher we have a yeah. he's kind of a friend and because we're living such a, a smaller town and so he's always done our deer we just take him over but we said, you know what? We're going to do one ourselves. And we're going to see because we were going to make pepperettes ourselves. We got a smoker with a grinder, the whole nine yards. We're going to do it all ourselves. So <laughs> unbeknownst to Jen, me and Scotty bring this deer in after we skin it and bring it in <laughs> and slap it on the on the island in the kitchen. And away we go. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then uh, yeah, did the grinder thing and started smoking meat for two days. My gosh, there's a lot of meat. But you you get an appreciation of where now an education 
of where all of that comes from and what's a roast and what you, what's yep. a chop and, and, and all that stuff. It really is educational. And then what you can keep and what is scraps and what you, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it was, it was nice to teach you guys too. I mean, I've, I've done a couple of deer now uh, for the butchering side and it's nice to teach the guys what it, what goes and and they work together with me on it, uh, on it too. And he, my brother wanted the whole thing done in ground between him and the guys that he hunts with. They, they eat more ground than chops or steaks and stuff. So it was really easy once you, you, you bone it out to just clean all the stuff off it and throw it to the grinder. Let her go. If you're doing, if, yeah, if you're doing roasts or, or chops or stuff, you, there's different, you know, you just, you need a little bit of knowledge of the cuts of the meat and you where do. they come from and stuff. And that's why we've always had a butcher do it, right? He, and, and we've had in the past before we used him, I mean, like 20 years ago, you would go in and they'd say, okay, how many roasts do you want out of this? How many steaks do you want out of this? We think you're going to get this, but how many do you want? And so you tell them and they do it. Well, where we go now, the, the actual butcher, he's like, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how many, you guys divvy it up after the fact. I'll tell yeah, you that's, what that's you right. get for roasts and what you get for chops and, because they know what what to cut from. Right? Yeah, and that's what, what makes a good butcher too. Yeah, you should know that. Yeah, there you go. There's yeah. there's my uh, my right side. on. That's cool. And yeah, Hunter would have had a blast. That is, it's not really work when you're hanging out like that. It's a good time. No, it went quick. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Good family time. So, sure. Dad, what did you get up to this week? I'm almost afraid to ask because I'm trying to think. I really don't know a whole lot. Well, uh, I. Got the uh, deer antlers all mounted. They're ready to be oh, picked hey, up. I didn't know ready that. Ready to go. Got them done. Whoop, whoop. And Rick let me know that the successful big game deer hunter patches came in today. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you bring uh, everything over nice. for me? No, I haven't got them from Rick yet. What about but, the rack? Well, I didn't bring it either. I brought your shirts <laughs> that you sent your mother to exchange because you were stupid <laughs> enough to buy the wrong size last night. <laughs> and, uh, that doesn't sound like Todd. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I brought that stuff over. But uh, it would, the, I to, I'm going to pick Bill's brain here first. Is there only one crest this year, Bill? I know the hats weren't available. And- uh, see, I've got a second one on the way. And where did you get that one from? maybe we got to take this offline (laughs) (laughs) that was uh that was part of the podcast that we we talked about last week yeah i wanted to clarify that because uh rick got the successful big game uh, big game hunter crest but the one that's usually on the hat is different correct well no the the successful big game hunter uh four heights for hats is the one that typically is on the hat but the second one that you didn't get was the Minister of Natural Resources Deer Hunter Patch. Okay, so you got to go there. Well, kind of. See, this is where I had a really nice lady from the Peterbilt office give me the lead uh, at my local uh, MNR office, give them a call in Midhurst. The lady was super nice, and she answered my emails, and and I've actually got three uh, big game hunter um, patches coming to me as we speak. Well, so, la-dee-da. Well, we'll have to yeah. Look, we'll have to look at the it. I don't know way. if the guys want that or not, but I know they wanted the this year's successful because we have all of those. So they're yeah. in. And yeah. uh, did a lot of, I did a lot of Christmas wrapping this year. And my could furnace. Could you give us a, could you give us a line or two? No. And my <laughs> furnace is yeah. acting up again. It, doggone thing, shut off twice on me this this week and it was it shut off on me this morning so i said okay that's it I'm call reliance and so they said they send a guy over this afternoon and i got that i got that looked after it was a, a dirty igniter needed a good cleaning so i'm good to go again now. i could have told you that and uh but he noticed he had to go downstairs to the furnace room and he noticed all the turkey tails and the pictures and everything hanging and so he started picking my brain about goose hunting and deer hunting and and he's just starting out goose hunting now, and he was telling me about the fails he's had. And uh, so I said, yep, I've been there, done that, know what you're going through. He told me that uh, he set up on this field between two ponds, and they were getting ready to decoy them in, but they just went from one pond to the other. They knew they were going to go. And he says, why wouldn't they come into the field? And I said, they didn't want to be there. <laughs> you got to find a the field they want to be in. They ain't feeding in that field, full yep. stop. Got he says, so I got to find the field they're feeding it. Yep. When you do, give me a call and uh, we'll, yeah. bring, we'll bring the hunt with us. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. Uh, I know. And then last night 
Uh, my wife and I came over and we stayed with uh, the girls while Todd and Jen went and did some Christmas shopping last night. Yeah. And uh, so May, Avery and I, we watched a couple Christmas movies. We went on a walk and she had a blast in the snow and checking out Christmas uh, decorations. And we got back. With, uh, she was cold. She wanted a hot chocolate. And then she said, let's play a board game. Well, Megan was on her phone, like Todd said, but I just said to Megan, you interested in a board game? Yeah, I'm ready to play games. And she just hung up on the phone and joined us, and we played <laughs> board game and dice. And next thing you nice. know, Todd and Jen came home, and Avery was saying, oh, does Grandma crap, I got to go home. We don't want him to go home. So it made me feel pretty good. So, <laughs> so that was my week. Because she knew it meant bed. Yeah. <laughs> full, full, full stop, meant bed. <laughs> Christmas spirit going uh, full swing down that area. Yeah, it was pretty good. Can't complain. I And I found some clothes for myself while we were out there because when you find a sale, you don't let it pass. Yeah, and then I walked over tonight. So good night for a podcast. Good night for a walk. Good night for abuse. So <laughs> here I am. <laughs> That's how we roll. You're going to make it. all these people that listen feel sorry for you. Well, they ought to. And like, then I got you for a son. I mean, every you go, we go to shoot spell and everybody's patting my back and say, well, I feel for you. You have no idea. They all, they all do that. Like, Give me we're a, starting to get a pretty thing. good picture. I mean, this is what episode 47 and, and, and I get it now. I mean, I would say that people need to feel sorry for you. That's, that's for sure. Well, I mean, the growler, you know, he's from, I don't know. He's down East someplace down there. <laughs> Quinty way up. Quinty, I know he is. He, when he comes to this, and, and he is on Facebook all the time, and he calls Todd the duck, and he is always cracking up. And, and uh, he, can't he, he hold met a my candle. wife a couple of years ago, and he says, I feel sorry for you, Mama Duck. And she says, <laughs> oh, I know. So, I mean, everybody knows. I mean, everybody <laughs> yeah. has condolences you're, you're for You're using the growler as your self-defense on this? You can't <laughs> use the growler. Sure you can. Good he Lord. knows what's going on. Oh, jumping doodles. Yeah, he knows what's going he's on. He's worse than me. Well, he's right. <laughs> oh, not always. Not always. It's just a, I, I just can't help it. I have a sense of humor, and I like to portray it. <laughs> I got that. I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> and, and don't you don't have to because I make fun of you. How whatever you did say. That's it. Where are we going this week? I don't know, dude. It 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 all depends. I've got. Uh, we shared dad a dad story. We shared a Bill story. I got it's some stories. Todd story. Is it yeah, time for Todd story? Time. I, I don't do know. If I got enough hard drive space on this studio computer here. Are you, for are you locked in? Don, I think if he gets out of line, you close yeah, yeah, give I got, SWAT, right? I'll get that a hemorrhoid cushion. We'll be, we'll have, he'll be good for. He's sitting. already been too verbose already, so we're going <laughs> to rein him in on this story a bit. He gets All right, a little sounds too, good. Yeah, just tell the highlights. I don't know what to tell the highlights. <laughs> I don't know which one to tell. I should I tell my 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 buck story? Uh, either your well, I don't know. You've had such a long aunt. Opening, I don't know. If you, maybe you might want to talk about Bob's buck in the park. Well, I'll tell that. my buck. I'll probably squeeze in Bob's buck in there. But on top of that, yeah, holy right. mackerel, might as well get a pillow. Hemorrhoid <laughs> <Emperor> cushion. <laughs> anyway, so where are we? We're the controlled hunt. So we go the Monday. We already talked about was horrible. It was just it was the the dumbest thing we did was sit up top. Scotty shot deer. We were sitting up top in the coldest freaking section of Canada. You said that last podcast. Cut it short. Get yeah, to the hunt. Oh my hunt. gosh. I, I can mute his mic. Get Who'd, to the hunt. Now you see where I get it from, Bill. So then we know that dad had me do the dogging. So I get to watch all these guys shoot deer all week because I let Scotty have the good stand down at the bottom on opening day. Because I do the dogging for dad and put the deer right in front of him you, so he can't miss. You are not going to make people feel sorry for you. I <laughs> promise trying. you now, you are not going to make people feel sorry for you. <laughs> I, I'm trying. So I have sacrificed my week thus far so that they could get deer. Full now, let me ask That's you this just, question. Yes. How many of these deer did you drag out of the bush? You know what? Hey, true story, Dad. Who gutted every single deer? You. Boom. Just happened. Yeah, he was jealous. 
He wanted to be in on it. He needed to be part of the hunt. I was yeah, trying to soak up. I was I'll be to... right there. I want to see a deer. I want to see it. I'll be right there. I'm not seeing any of my stand. Oh, please. I wanted to soak up the estrus and out of the glands. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. So, yes, I, I got it every single one. I mean, you got to look at who I hunt with, Bill. So you got dad, Bob, Bill. Uh, like These guys aren't dragging the deer out. They'll drive the truck in and sit in the back and wait for you to come through with pulling it through the woods. Anyway, so yeah, so I, uh, I, I, I orchestrated this up until, so then finally I thought, okay, I gotta, I gotta get it. So I stuck by my stand, but the wind and stuff, it didn't really go away away all week to the point where I could sit up in my honey hole because if it's really windy, they won't come up there. I mean, it's just, they have the ability just 20 yards behind my stand is a ledge and 200 yard drop. And they can, it has little ledges all the way along. They will walk that ledge. So instead I was out Friday morning. I think I went out by myself. Didn't I dad? I was the last man standing last tag. And so my brother-in-law was going to come, but he said, I'm going to sleep in. I'll come out in the afternoon if you haven't filled the tag yet. And I said, okay, I'm going. So I was the last guy, Away I went and instead of sitting in my stand, well, no, I did. I sat, I sat in my, my other stand that is up top as well. It's just down a bit from that, but it's in the woods. It's about 15 yards off the edge of the field in the woods and I can see the ledge. So as I sat there, first light, right at first light, there was a crack. Somebody had shot down below me in the property adjacent. And so in the, it was still too dark for me to be able to see what they were. I could just see them breaking the light through the trees at about 70 yards and deer just funneled up that hill right past me and up into my, where my normal stand is. And I watch, I don't so know they, how many deer. They got spooked from the for, shot. I'm assuming the it. shot, the guy might've got down something. I They all, it was yeah. just, it was a, a, a parade of deer. And I couldn't tell if they were bucks or does or what it was. And so up they come. So now I'm like, great. I couldn't see. And they all got past me. And that was a lot of deer. There was probably five or six deer up and going under my stand. And, but I can still hear them crunching around because the woods is still really quiet at that time. And Friday morning, it was a pretty calm morning. That's why I did sit up top a bit. So I thought it was warm for you guys down there as it was for for us. Yeah, it was getting pretty good. It was getting, it was getting fairly warm. I mean, I was still bundled up early in the morning. Come the afternoon, it started to get warm, 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 but it was warmed up. I mean, it was above, I don't know, what was it? Six, seven degrees probably. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so anyway, the deer pile up and then it wasn't a half an hour and now it's light enough. I could see everything and a little buck shows up. And a little four point or something, maybe a six point. And again, this is the week. It's brown. It's down. So I cocked the hammer and he's about 80 yards and he's under my other stand that's over there on a ledge, but there's so much thick stuff. I could just see him looking around. And so of course I throw down some bleats. I, I use the bleat can bill Did you? And, oh, there and, you go. and he looks my way. He starts coming and I'm like, great. He gets within 50 yards. I got the hammer cocked. I got it on, but there is a ledge. And all I can see is the top of his back and his head walking along. And so I stood up in the stand and held the gun. Well, now I can see his full body. But when I stand up, it's nothing but maple trees and all their branches because he's down on a ledge and all these trees that have grown up are right blocking my way. I I don't even have a shot. And I could just see him walk and he don't care. And I'm grunting. And I got my gun in one hand and my grunt call in the other and I'm grunting and then I drop it. I grab the bleats and nothing. And he just keeps slowly sauntered away and went down the hill. Well, now, now I'm ticked because this is also leading up to, I had, I've seen other deer throughout the week that I didn't take the shot on that I didn't feel was close enough or whatever. So now I'm like, it's Friday. Are you freaking kidding me? So all right, screw this. I'm not sitting up top anymore because all those deer already got by me that are coming up top. I'm going down and I'm going to sit on this ledge that overlooks a creek bottom below my stand. And I typically, I can hear the deer moving down there in the morning because I'm right above it. I can see them, but they're too far and too thick to shoot down through. And I have shot a deer or two down through there, but it is, they got to be in the exact right spot. So I'm going to drop down and I'm going to sit on the ledge and I'm still a good 30 yards above the creek looking down over this bottom. And so as I'm sitting there, it wasn't 25 minutes, 30 minutes after I moved and a ginormous buck comes walking through the bottom. 
And I thought, holy crap, if he follows the regular deer run, he is going to walk right down below me to the, but the wind's blowing right that way. Well, I had six different little tinks bottles all hanging in the trees around me because I knew the wind was blowing that way. I got my Ozonics. And so he starts to come and he's walking along. He starts to come my way just a little bit. And I can see his nose is going and his tongue's going. And I'm going, oh, if he sniffs me, I'm hoping he sniffs the tinks and he keeps coming. And so instead of coming towards me, he kind of kept walking sideways to me. And he's 200 yards out, 200 yards, a little too far for me to shoot, especially through thick stuff. Like there's trees and stuff in between us and branches and twigs. So as he walks, he's walking to the other property and there's a bunch of pine trees up in there. And I know that's where they, they bed down. I know where he's going. He was probably had his head set that way the whole time. So now I'm pulling out the stops. I'm grunting. I'm rattling. He looks, doesn't care. I grunt, grunt, grunt loud as I can. Looks, doesn't care. Starts to walk towards those pines again, away from me. So now I just throw down the snort wheeze, the loudest one I could just. (laughs) Well, if that doesn't turn him, he looks dead at me. And then he turns a 180. And instead of coming to me, he walked back the way he came. Oh, no. But I'm thinking, well, he was going that way. The snort wheeze came from my way. I'm no threat. The snorwees came from across the creek and way up on the hill. And he was walking the exact opposite way. Now he's turned. I bet you he's going to come in, but he's going to come all the way around. He's going to go past dad's stand and come down. I mean, I got an hour and a half wait for him to get to me if, if he is coming. So that's the way. And he was, he was, a, he was probably 12. It was tough for me to really see that well. Cause he was moving the whole time. It was through thick stuff, but 10, 12 points in, he was a horse. Oh, like he was a monster. So he went back that way. And, oh, okay. I'll sit here. He's going to be coming. I got to have my head on a swivel now. So as I'm sitting there, another half an hour goes by and all of a sudden I, I'm, I'm, my head's on a swivel. I'm looking and there go three does beside me and up the hill behind me. <laughs> like ninjas, man. And guess where they go? Right under my freaking stand to a T <laughs> up the side hill and right below my stand, like almost would have touched my ladder and away they go. And I watch them go at a hundred yards away and I, they ain't stopping away. They go, <sighs> man. Well, it was a mom with two fawns. And so I thought, yeah, you know what? I probably wouldn't have shot her anyway. So yes, that's- I'll let him go. Well, as I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see if I could see where they were as I start to turn back around here comes a buck up the side hill, up the same spot, up that side hill, right behind him. Holy geez. So now I grab my grunt call, bark, bark, because it's, there's some stick. And he goes right up under my stand and he stops under my stand and looks down at me. Only I can't see him. I just know he's, I could see his butt. And I know he stopped because I didn't see him go back out. And now I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm trying to figure out where he is. Well, then I see a flash of brown go out in the field. I went, oh, that joker, he's going after those does. So I thought, it's Friday. And this is where I say, make it happen. And I've not, I I led up to this story. And so here's the excitement part is normally this is not me deer hunting. Turkey hunting, make it happen. And that's why I think turkey hunting is so much fun. Deer hunting, I take it way too serious. Sit in the stand, rely on the calls, rely that my stand's in the right spot, rely on the wind, rely on my scent control. But when you hit Friday, the control hunt and everybody else is dropping deer, including a young apprentice that we took along, shoots a nice buck. I, I, I need to do something here. I'm out here by myself. So I thought, you know what? It's now like 1030, quarter to 11. I have seen so many deer already this morning. I've, there can't be many more left. Uh, that's it. I've had enough. So I'm going to make this happen. So I get up and I start to go up the hill and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go up like a ninja because if he's just standing on the edge of the field and I make it sound like I'm a squirrel or another deer walking in. And I mean, there's leaves on the ground. It's loud. Well, as I start to go up the hill, there's a flash of brown and it goes in the, that was a, that was, that was a doe. And then boom, there he goes. So there was the, one of the does was still standing in the woods and he was still standing under my stand staring at her and they seen me. Well, now I'm like, man, 
Now I really screwed it. Well, screw this. So I start hauling. I mean, I left all my gear. I got my gun and my possibles pouch with my reloads. That's it. And I start running. I run up this, this incline of a hill and I run to the edge and I stand in the sumac and I'm looking, I get to the edge and I'm looking out in the field to see where they go, where they go. They got to be out there somewhere. Like this field is huge and I'm looking and I don't see them. Well, my stand is one spot to my right is the bedding area that I'm down from that there's always deer at. I'm like, I bet you those does would have went in that bedding area. So I should be able to see them. And if I don't, I'm going to walk through that bedding area because maybe they went up. And if I didn't spook them, which I probably did, they're going to be laying down in that bedding area. I might be able to jump them. Maybe the buck's with them. So I'm looking, where are they? Where? Are, well, next thing I know, coming out of the bedding area at Mach 3000 is the three does <laughs> flying straight away from me out in the field. And next thing I know, the buck's right on mama's heels coming out of that, out of that. So I now got my gun up and I'm trying to put my scope on this running buck after the doe. Well, by the time I find him in the scope and get it on there, okay, now I got to make sure it's safe. I could shoot that way. Make sure that, okay, am I good? Like, so you're doing all this stuff in your head the whole time you're putting your gun up. Make sure it's pointed in a safe direction. Then you got to find him in the scope. Make sure, okay, I found him. By the time I get all that done and get it on him. And I can see, I look out past my scope, come back. The doe is now done a 180 by the time I get my scope on this buck. And she is running right at me. I mean, full on right dead at me. Well, holy crap. Now we're good to go. She's going to bring him. Well, he's one, his nose is up her butt and they are hauling rear end. And the two little fawns are just running around both of them. And she is moving. I mean, she is full blown like a barrel racer coming at me straight on. And all of a sudden I realize she's not stopping. I'm standing on a deer run. She's going to run me over. So I I go, I put my gun out of the way and I step off to the side. Well, instead of coming into the woods, she careens at five yards in front of me and goes past me. And my heart's pounding. Like I'm, I'm almost half panicked because I don't know whether to shoot or whether to scream and run out of the way. Like what is happening right now? I'm going to get run over. Well, she goes flying down towards the corner of my stand and the buck decides to stay out 30 yards instead of coming in. And he goes to head her off. So he's going out and around. Well, now we're good to go because he's out there and I got to wait for him to clear. There's a a house. It's probably way too far. My bullet would not travel that far, but I'm not going to shoot in that direction anyway. So I'm holding my gun up in the air and he's trotting and trying to get in front of her. And she's now done this big careen in front of me and heading to the corner. And I know where she's going. She's going to run right back down under my stand down into that, into the bottom. So she's flying towards my tree stand. He's going to cut her off and the two fawns are coming up, bringing up the rear well just as she's right about to go under my tree stand he's now coming in around the corner as soon as he clears those two houses and he's got woods behind him i just yelled stop and all four deer just put the brakes on and stared at me and looked i got four deer in the field staring right at me i put my gun up my scope on him i got a branch in front of my scope and really probably wasn't in front of my barrel because it's in front of my scope but i still i took a step forward they're standing there the whole time i'm now a step into the field and this buck is panting his mouth's open and he's the doe doesn't know what's going on she's looking back at me the two fawns are still lollygagging around but these two are pinned on me and I'm holding it. Okay, put it right on behind his shoulder. Good to go. Hammer's cocked. Yep. And then I'm thinking, Todd, why are you taking so long? He's <laughs> yeah. going to run under your stand. And I let her rock. Well, if he doesn't, both shoulders collapse straight down, and he is pile driving dirt with his head from his back legs right up under my stand. She takes off. Two fawns take off. And then he disappears over the edge behind my stand. But I watched it. He was just, he that's, was that's unbelievable. like snow plowing dirt. Dude, it was awesome. I have never, like, talk about making it happen. If you'd Did, have told you told me. You shot that deer at 30 yards. I bet you at 35 yards. Yep. Well, maybe, no, that's what was it, dad? Maybe 50 yards by the time I, but where, whereabouts he was. It was probably because he went by me at 30 and went to head her off. I think it was around 50, 55 yards. But he and both shoulders, like he dropped and then he pushed dirt with his head for about three, four steps until he could get one foot under him. And then he disappeared into the woods. And I thought, man, he's done. 
I mean, like he was, yeah, he no dropped, question. right? Like I, I know I hit him and I know I hit him in the front shoulder and I'm shooting a 295 grain bullet at 55 yards. Yeah. Like that, it, that shoulder ain't stopping that bullet. There'd it's be, not a bow. nothing left of the front shoulder. So I'm like, oh, I got him. And I just, I'm sitting there going, did I honestly, if you'd have told me that I could start to sneak up a hill, scare two deer, run into a field, stand there, yell, stop. Have the deer stop and look at me, put the gun up and shoot a buck. You're on crack, man. That's just not yeah. deer hunting. But I'll tell you what, I always said I love turkey hunting because we just don't care. We make it happen and we'll take those chances and we'll screw up a bunch because we don't care. And that was the mood I was in. And I'll tell you, you want to make deer hunting fun again? I'm going to make a hat, make deer hunting fun again. That is what you don't care. Like take the chances. I mean, it's great to have the textbook and I tried. But I was so fed up with seeing deer and not getting a shot. And and I'm normally not the guy that would go, oh, you know, I'm not sure of that shot. And my dad, I'll take uh, the shot. Oh, yeah. I, I don't hesitate. 100 yards through brush, I'm taking the shot. But I just didn't do that this year. But I didn't really have that presentable. So this time, I ain't watching these deer anymore. I'm going after them. I, and you tell me I'm going to run up a hill, stand in a field, and, and shoot a buck? Like, no way. And it did. So I went over. And I knew I hit him and I knew I hit him well. So I went, I reload and I went over and I look and I've never had this either. I had a, I bet you it was two and a half inches by, well, the, the diameter of what that a toonie, anybody listening in the, any other country, that's a $2 coin, which is probably, I bet, I bet you it was two and a half inches tall by two and a half inches in girth of his shoulder bone laying in the field. Oh yeah, and I've never oh, had. Yeah. I've never right through with a two hundred ninety five grain bullet. I, I can imagine that would be a hole that you put in that 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 deer. Oh, they do. They they and and they're hollow points. So I mean, they explode once they hit inside, and like they'll fragment, and it's just insane the hole that they cause on the inside. But I've never had it where a chunk of bone that big is laying in the field. Like so, I'm I'm pretty confident. So I thought, okay, I got to go in here and I'm going to have to see where, because now right below my stand is a 200 yard steer eight drop. Like the ground is starting to erode and straight down into the, into the creek. And so I'm going to point out that if you had a state in your stand, (laughs) none of this was necessary, (laughs) but it wouldn't have been, (laughs) it wouldn't have been as much fun and it wouldn't have been a story. And I wouldn't have seen that giant bruiser. And I wouldn't have a spot where I am moving one of my stands for next year. So, but it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Like it was, oh, it was a good day. It was a good day. So I I went in and went under my stand and I looked, okay, there's some blood. So I start to follow the blood and I see, okay, he laid down behind this tree that's right on the edge of the drop-off. Well, that drop-off is so sharp and there's another little short ledge. I look over and there he is. Only he's still up. He tries now to get going and he's about to take off again. And so I just threw the gun up and pointed straight down and drove one right through his back. And that finished him. However, as I pulled the trigger, his back two legs propelled him enough over that ledge that he did slide straight 200 yards straight down. (laughs) So then I had to, I called dad and my brother-in-law and, and Bill and everybody came out with the four-wheeler and and then we were what dad an hour even oh, yeah. with the winch and the four-wheeler and what 300 yards of rope down the bottom and broke the rope and snapped a new got a new <sighs> rope out and and of course they're like well we'll go like nobody's going down there but me because you ain't getting back up I mean it is a straight drop at that point so I'm using the rope with the deer and I'm holding on and they're dragging me up with the buck to get up up to the top but we did we snapped a rope had to stop i had to hold that deer on that side hill against a log oh my gosh we were a good hour getting him out but but it was still what an awesome story it was absolutely epic yeah he was pretty that's that's typically what happens if they're gonna they're gonna die in an awkward spot it's gonna be somewhere like a like a 200 yard (laughs) drop or in the middle of a swamp somewhere it's murphy's law there, yeah, he was pretty yeah. pumped. You think he talks on his podcast? You should have heard him. He never shut up the whole time we were dragging that deer out of there. <laughs> I tell you what, you tell me that I was going to be running after deer and getting them to stop. Like, that's just phenomenal. I don't care who you are. That's a fun hunt. That's hunting. That was absolutely epic. 
So, but it came on the heels of, I, I, and I was complaining cause I didn't get to shoot at a deer, but that, that was a lie because I did shoot one. Yeah. But it was earlier in the week, Bob, dad's buddy, Bob, that we've talked about that let Buckzilla go, Hey, Toddy, that big Buckzilla is looking at me. So Bob was down in the bottom with, with Scotty when Scotty shot his and he had shot one and he says, I shot it like at, at 30 yards and, and it ran, it took off. But I, I, I couldn't track it. There's no blood. Well, the problem was there was snow early in the morning. And the snow, by the time we got to Bob, had melted. So now oh. the blood trail, you know what that's like, over leaves. Yep. Like if it was, if we tracked it with the snow on, oh my gosh, you're grinning. So Scotty tracked his with the snow on and we were able to find Scott's no problem. Plus it died right on the freaking pathway. So what you're telling me is you, you had a not so clinical blood trail and you had to do something that was different which was another learning opportunity. Oh, well, for, okay. Uh, well, well, and so check this story out. Yeah, Cause this is up, pretty nuts. I'm going to fill in the blanks here a little bit because they were, Scott and Bob were both, both adamant that they made good hits on their two deer. They made good hits. They're in different stands, but they made good hits. Now, Scott, he'd already found his and it had left a really good blood trail. And, uh, but Bob, he couldn't find his, but Bob's like me. He has trouble seeing red. He has trouble seeing blood in, in, in a good situation. So anyway, we found, okay, two good hits. So we all meet over there. I got Bill and Todd in the, in the truck and we drive around and, and back in the bottom and we drive right up to where they were hunting. And so when we get there, we all get out of the truck and everything. And, and Todd says to Scott and Bob, okay, Bob, show me where you shot that deer. Well, he was standing right here when I shot the deer. Well, Bill and I, we realized that they're going to be walking into a pretty big thicket and fallen logs and everything. And neither one of us can afford our, our knees are bad to step on. A, <laughs> are you hearing, are you hearing the excuses yeah, I dealt with all week? Snow on the ground, step on a slippery, slippery log or anything. Your knee goes out yeah. and you're done for the day. Right? Hey Todd, there's some deer bedded down over there. And yeah. if I get out of this tree stand, yeah. I might actually well, have to walk. So if you go put them up yeah, for me, I that. will shoot them. I did <laughs> that for you the whole time you were learning. So it's time for you. So suck it up. <laughs> So anyway, we said, I said to Bill, well, let's just sit down here in this stump, Bill, and we'll let them go find that deer. Well, they'd walked away, and I realized that Todd had left his gun in the truck because they're so sure they're just going to walk up on it. Yeah, this. well, I thought that these deer were dead. Like, Scotty knew where his was. Yeah. I'm thinking this deer's dead, so I didn't have a gun. Yeah, I'm just go. Now you pick it up. Well, so Bob shows me where he shot it, and then he had a leaf with blood on it that he had had in his hand. And that's the only. This is the same guy that took the the corn stalk with blood on it back to the yes the, last year. Yes, yes. Like would leave it where you found in it in the same spot. So we're in like almost the exact same spot. Only the problem is where this deer ran. It's a really really thick bedding area. I mean, really thick thorns growing up, and it goes to the edge of the creek. And so I actually have a tree stand over there because I can't hunt that side, but I can hunt the other side of the creek. So I sit on one side of the creek and watch the other because you can't even hunt that side of the creek. It's so thick. And so that's why the big boys like it. That's the big buck tree stand. So you're no, not going to see like you made a good choice. Well, you're, you're not going to see a lot. Of, and, and I, I've only got to hunt it once this, this week, but you're, you're not going to see a lot of deer, but if you do, you know, it's going to be a big buck. So anyway, I said, okay, I know that little bit of land in there. It is thick. So we're going to, so my brother-in-law, Rick, Scott, me, and Bob all start to head that way. We know where Scott's is. We're good. Let's go find where this one went. So Bob says, well, it went that way. All right. So I start walking that way. Bob goes to my left. Scotty goes to my right. My brother-in-law, Rick, goes further right. And in we go into the thicket. So I'm creeping and I'm realizing at this point in time, I don't have a gun. Like even if I jump a deer and it tries to swim across the creek, then when, what they typically do is they'll swim across the creek, get on the, and look back. And that's a 30, 40 yard shot. And I don't have a gun if that happens, but oh, well, so away we go. So I go in there and I'm in the thick. Well, as I start to get closer to the creek, it gets thicker. And, th and I mean, you can't see 10 feet in front of you and that's no exaggeration. Well, all of a sudden 10 feet, a buck jumps up at 10 feet in front of me. And all I can see is a bit of antler and brown flash of body go to my right. And it isn't running. It's just kind of jumping a little bit because it's so thick. And so I back back out and Scotty's still, I'm like, Scott, 
buck, buck. And I'm pointing. So Scott starts to back up. Well, Scott's got a gun. So Scott starts to back up. So I'm going, okay, what do I do? I'm waiting for Scott to boom because Scott's got it cut off here. It's going towards the creek or towards Scotty. It's got either way. It's going to be in the creek and Scott can see it going across the creek or it's going to run out where Scott's standing. Like it's, it's done. And I don't know if it's Bob's or if it's just another buck that was bedded down in this thick crap because we're now a good 200 yards from Bob's stand. So I back out. Well, I look down and we're on a horse trail. Bob's standing down there. So I run down. Bob, Bob, did you see? I said, give me your gun. Give me your gun. Give me your gun. He's like, well, oh, did you find it? Just give me your gun. So I take his gun and I go right back in the exact same way. And so Scott's now kind of gone in and started to walk that way because it never came out. So Scott wants to make sure he heads it towards the creek or it's going to push it back. So I start to sneak in and I'm walking along the edge of the creek. Well, I'll be darned if it's not bedded down again, only 20 yards up towards where Scott was from where I jumped it. So as I'm walking, next thing I know, and the creek and the, the, the horse path almost meet. So it stops being a thicket. So he's right on the edge of that thicket. Well, that buck jumps up and instead of going towards Scott or the Crick, it one eighties and goes back behind me and it, but it's going down the horse path and there's a 90 degree angle right there that I've got nothing but shrub and bush between me and him. And I just see Brown hopping. So I got, I put Bob's gun up and I'm trying and his scope is dialed in, man. And I'm trying to find this Brown hopping flash in the scope. And next thing I know, I'm going, okay, there it is. But I know Bob's going to be between me and him, I got to wait. So I'm kind of holding the gun up, holding the gun up. Soon as he makes that 90 degree crest. Okay. Bob's not there. I've got nothing but crick. He's heading towards the crick. And I just, as that buck starts to turn on the afterburners, I just swung and pulled the trigger at the same time. And I thought that was a hail Mary through a bunch of crap. There's no way I hit it. So I turned the I go running around this corner to hit the, the horse path. Bob's coming running towards me now, and there it's laying right there on the edge of the horse path, and I pounded it perfect it. right on the spot. Bob's like, way to go! Way to go, Toddy! I'm like, Bob, I will say that your gun is dialed in, number one. Number two, I have no freaking clue how I hit that deer, because that was yeah. a deer running, f- starting to go full tilt at like 25, 30 yards. And I mean, he was turning on the afterburners, and a deer that close, that fast... I mean, there's no way. If they're way out there, then you got time to put it up and kind of judge them and see them and like they're running, but you got a lot of distance there. At that close, it's nothing but brown fur in your scope, man. Like that thing was close. And so I'm like, Bob, I don't know how I hit him. I can't believe that. So we dragged it out and I start to- Bill and I are sitting on the stump. I said, oh, they found him. They found him, Bob, Bill. Well, then we saw him dragging, so we joined him. <laughs> we and joined you talk him. About it. Another, air, air quotes yeah. on the join. Yeah, him. and you talk about another pump, Todd, and he's talking a mile a minute, and his hands are going, and he's describing the run and the shot, and oh, my gosh, here we go again. So you can, you can finish it. Go ahead. So we drag it up there. Well, I'm looking. There's two bullet holes in this thing. So I said, Bob. You hit this deer. This is your, no, there's no way, Todd. He says, yours went in, and because of that 90-degree angle, that's the exit. And I'm thinking, now that's not, that that can't be. That's in, I've got to think this through. So, of course, I'm the one that's got to gut it. So, as I'm gutting it, I'm thinking, I'm going, Bob, this is impossible. This is the, you've shot this deer. And he's like, well, we'll know when we get the bullet. No, we won't, because I used your gun for the second shot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's they're both your bullets, my man. <laughs> so I said, no, there's no way. I said, there's there's going to be two bullets in here. That is not the entrance, and then the exit. I said, that is the entrance, and that is an entrance. And when I open up this cavity, we're going to see two blowholes right through them. Well, so we ended up opening them up, and I, I, Bob was still saying, there's no way. It's because of the angle you shot him on, Todd, and the way he was, you shot him, he was moving so fast, making that 90-degree turn around that corner of that thicket, and he was half in the air. When you put that shot on him, the angle, it went in and then through everything and then came out. Ah, there's just, there's just no way. Doesn't sound right. So doesn't sound right we ended up skinning it, hanging in the garage, and we found two bullets. I said, and I told Bob on the spot, there's no way this is your buck. I just finished him off. And which makes sense on why the first time I jumped him, he didn't go 4,000 miles or right. blast yeah. by Scotty. He knew Scotty was there. He probably heard Scotty. So he was just, okay, I'm going to go 10 yards, 20 yards. I'm going to lay down and hopefully they won't find me because it's thick. 
And so that was probably what he was thinking. But I went back in with a gun this time. But still, it was awesome. I mean, it was absolutely when he's a jumping, so, full blown running deer. Then and uh, oh, it was it, yeah. So what I was, was it? just so pumped. What was it? Eight point buck. Se- yeah, seven had one broke off. Yeah. Seven it, point it buck. It was an eight, but one one time it, it broke off. If I'm Jay Tom, it's an eight pointer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his, so, his buck that he shot was seven and a half on the weekend. He, he, seven and a half. Pretty, I don't know how he comes up with that. <laughs> oh, I love him. That's awesome. <laughs> it's my brother. Yeah. I'll still pit him against his dad. It was a 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. I'm glad you guys were able to get that deer and, and you uh you made a heck of a shot by the sounds of it. Well, I was pretty pumped, as dad dad will tell you. It was it was pretty wicked. Both both were pretty wicked. I mean, you tell me I was gonna run up and ninja sneak a deer and then run into the field and yell stop <laughs> for them to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like I just panicked Stop and they stopped. Well, thank you. <laughs> and then and then Bob's and that's that we, I didn't, I didn't follow any blood when with Bob's that's the other kicker. Don't think that you didn't hit them just cause you didn't get blood. I will say for anybody newly listening that is shot deer. And if you hit them higher, it will take a lot. You may get a, a couple drops right off the bat where the, where, you know, the, the entrance hole is, but it will take a bit for that cavity to fill up with blood for blood to come out of that cavity. So they could be going, if they start moving fast, they'll get, 70 80 yards before enough blood pumps into that cavity where the hole is to let that blood out so and the best one of the best tips that you can have for for a shot like that is to is to watch it as far as it can go pick a point that you saw it last and then listen because sometimes you can hear it crash sometimes you you don't and uh you know, and then when you, when you're, it went in doubt back out. That's those, it. Those, those, those and yeah, if, I mean, if we gave it a couple hours, it probably would have laid there, seized up and expired, right? Like that was that probably what it was going to do. It was laying down because it was hurt is my guess. And it, it was, I, I believe it was going to, so. It's good. So yeah. Congratulations so that was, on, uh, on two, two of the deer of your hunt. So we've yeah. heard about a few of them now and. We got uh, some stories for other podcasts, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I still got another story about uh, what I did after I shot deer. That's awesome. Because I went back in. We're going to have to save that for another another podcast. We're getting getting to our time time limit here. Nope, that was good. I I appreciate you guys allowing me to talk. You guys have kind of monopolized the time on all the other podcasts. I was beginning to think this was the Bill and Don show. I am glad that Bill's there and that we're able to double team and get a little airtime. Right, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know what? I don't know how it was to have a story that you didn't even interrupt at once. Yeah. Well, and I was waiting. Why didn't you interrupt me? He was able to tell the whole story. I was was getting with the rhythm of the story. It could be boring. Like you need no, to interrupt somebody to break the monotony. My brain is I can't listen to one person tell a story. I need I need interruptions in order to keep me. You can't listen to occupied. anybody. <laughs> <laughs> this this is great. I your dad's on fire tonight. I like it. I, I like made the mistake lot. of saying, you know what, Dad? Maybe you should talk a little bit more. Well, I can't get a word in edgewise. When does that stop you? You're a millard. I learned you're sitting at the supper table at my parents at my parents' place. If you are not the loudest. You are not heard. I'm telling you, Bill, Christmas Eve, well, it won't be this year. We have an open house. Last year, 45 people came through. And some and last or a few years ago, a family came in and said, here, you need to hang this on your front door. And it was a sign that they had made for us. And it said, welcome to this, uh, what was it? Welcome to this uh, crazy, happy, loud home. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. When we were kids at our dinner table, the neighbors would sit outside in lawn chair. This is not a joke. And, and would listen to our dinner conversations across the road. <laughs> it was their nightly entertainment. It was. You're welcome, folks. <laughs> we, we should have charged. You should have. You yeah. could have dinner and a show. <laughs> <laughs> we could have served whatever we were having and we might as well invited them in. But, but yeah, if you're not loud, you're not heard. So you're, you're, you're holding your own bill. I'm impressed. And you, and you're That's showing it. some thick I'm skin. I mean, but between the pottery oh. and the tea and you, yeah, you, you're impressive. You can't me. offend me. This is, this is an uh, enjoyment. Here for me. Mission I, I, accepted. I'm still enjoying it. Challenge <laughs> accepted. 
Well, I appreciate the the conversation tonight, gentlemen. It was a wonderful chat. Agreed. Once again, we'll pick this up next week with some more. Your oh yeah, stories. I still got more. I'm not done. I got. Uh, I'm excited because I got to shoot something that I've never, ever, 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 ever shot before, and I've wanted to forever. And I got my second deer story, but the oh, yeah. uh, the shot wasn't the fantastic part. It was the track and job after. So anyway, I got yeah, and you got, I got another story yeah. too. Yeah, there's a bunch of stories. I got, and I got we got to bring Jay on. Success story. Absolutely. And maybe yeah, your dad too. Sure. Oh, he won't come on, but I can definitely tell his story. That's for sure. Excellent. Excellent. Anyway, I'm getting ready to walk home. Looking forward <laughs> Enjoy to the that. walk. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Dad. Good night, guys. <laughs> Good night. Good night, guys. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And, folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week. <laughs>